What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology. I'm back, man, and we are going over Ephesians, man. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. So if you haven't checked out the scriptures, go ahead and read them. Stop the tape. Check them out. See what they got to say. Come back, and we'll discuss the questions. If you've already um, read, well, let's, let's get into it. So we ended last episode on the role of the wife in the relationship of marriage, and now we are moving on to the husband's role. Um, the wife's role is, is uh, uh, um, the, the verses on those are, are very small. And for the man, there is a lot. Uh, Paul goes into depth about what is proper for the man in the relationship with his wife. And this is because of the uh, the culture of the time. And so I think that uh, it's important for us to recognize, and I, I don't think I mentioned this in the, the last um, episode, but that uh, Paul is directly speaking to wives. And in that time, that wasn't unheard of. or I mean, that was unheard of. Uh, most times that people, when they were speaking about relationships, such as household codes and stuff like this, they would be speaking to the male or the authority in that relationship and having him disseminate all of the understanding or knowledge that needed to be conveyed to whoever it was they were speaking about. And so when Paul speaks directly to wives, when he says wives, he is giving them a sense of dignity and um, um, a sense of personhood that might not have been, uh, well, it's not might, that wasn't given to those at that time. And he continues to do that when he speaks to children and slaves and masters and all that. He gives them a dignity and a respect, uh, a personhood that normally they wouldn't do. And so I think that's important in understanding these codes and how they relate to what was going on back then, because I think a lot of times people want to say, oh, it's because this is a, a male-dominated culture and, uh, um, and that this is a of uh, patra lineage, that is why Paul continues with this type of uh, uh, hierarchy. But I think uh, if you look and understand the context, that Paul is doing something that is radical. Uh, Christ is because of Christ, obviously, he, who is leading this role, um, because there's something different about Christianity and how uh, we, as people of Christ, as those of the way care about people and respect people in regards to their dignity as a person. And so uh, I wanted to point that out. But now he moves on to husbands and he changes the role because husbands, like I said, were the authority in most of these relationships in which they regarded the um, the male position as one of having like all power in this relationship. And that, uh, matter of fact, it talks about, I read some things that said that um, um that the 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 people who are in subject to the authority were to love the leader, but, but the leader was not to love the people. They could if they wanted to. You know, it's not uncommon that a man would love his wife. I mean, this is just just normal thing. But it was not necessary, and so it was not like a part of the code of living that a husband would love his wife. But it was a part of a code of living that the the subjects of the Lord would love that person. The subjects of the authority would love that person, but the authority not necessarily love the person. And in their displaying of this love, that the subjects would be the ones who would need to sacrifice themselves for the leader. But the leader did not need to sacrifice himself for the subjects. So 
in understanding that as the concept of how things should have been ordered in that day, Paul is making light of the understanding of Christians and how we as people of Christ, as people who have been created anew in the image of God, should be conducting ourselves and our families. And he says this, he says, husband, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and he gave himself for her. And that is so important. So yeah, what's the first, what's, what's it say? What's it actually saying? What's What's Paul saying? He says that we should love as Christ has loved. That's that's it. And like I said before, it's usually the subjects who sacrifice for the leader, not the leader who sacrificed for the subjects. And Christ has shown this radically in the way that he has lived, that his love was a sacrificial love. And it's not even the fact that his love was. It is. I'm sorry, it is, because the love of God is so powerful that he would give his life. But it's first off that the husband would love. And then that the husband would love in this type of way, that he would give himself for his wife. That is the that's the stickler. And then it says that uh, the reason that Christ gave himself, and I said this last episode, I think, that when, when Paul talks about Christ, he just dives deep into it. And he uses those understandings of Christ to help develop us and our understanding of how we should live, but also in, in just the glorious awesomeness of it and why we should live these things out. And so after he talks about the way that husbands should love their wives, that they should love her sacrificially, that they, they should love their wives in such a way that represents Christ's love for us, that he gave himself up for us, man. He came down from heaven, man, from his throne of being considered the king almighty, to be known as that by all of the, the angels and the, the principalities, all that stuff, the powers in the air, recognized and knew Christ as king. But as he comes down to this earth, we reject him. It says in John, I think that we received him not. He would take that that mental, emotional type of uh, uh, lowering, humility, and then putting on flesh. He would take that. Um, um, he would. He would. He would. He would do that to himself to be a part. And when I say flesh, I mean that he has entered into a world where there is uh, uh, finiteness. He'd enter into a world not only with finiteness, but with the control of sin over it. This is the type of love that Jesus displayed when he came down and gave himself up. But this giving himself up is the ultimate part, is that he actually sacrificed his own self. He died on the cross, not just a death, but like Paul said, death on the cross, one of the most horrible things where he was naked and exposed in front of tons of people being beaten and whipped and ridiculed and mocked. This is the love that Christ has showed. And this is the love that Paul says that a husband should display or have towards his wife. And then, so that that in itself is profound. That's the way that a husband should love his wife. But after that, man, I just want to talk about uh, Paul explaining a little bit about what that means. He says that, that Jesus gave his life so that we might be holy or we might be sanctified, that we might be cleansed by the washing 
of the waters of the word. And that's a unique way of putting things. It kind of mirrors what is wrote in Ezekiel in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Is that in Ezekiel it says those words, and it's talking about how the Lord has has taken this Israel, the people of God, which we are now. So he's alluding to the fact that we are Israel again, which we talked about earlier. It says that Gentiles are part of the family of God, true Israel now, because we were far, but by Jesus's death on the cross that we have been made near and we are one new people. Uh, we are Christians. And so he's talking about Israel being brought up. It says that they were in blood and broken and beaten and brought down. But it says that that God himself washed them. He cleaned them. He cleansed them. He put clothes on them. He made them beautiful. And then he married them, made a covenant with them, proclaimed himself as theirs forever. And in the same way, this is what Jesus has done for us. This is what Jesus has done for us. And so in one aspect, it's just the wonder that that we being broken and beaten, I think in Romans it says that at the right time Christ died, that even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And so this shows that, that he recognizes our state and plight of being, yet marries us anyway, yet covenants himself with us anyway, yet connects to us in such an intimate way anyway. But second, it also shows that uh, Jesus is God because Paul is comparing the Almighty One, Yahweh, with Christ when he says these things. And so when he does that, he puts those two together. Again, just bring that, that Trinitarian idea into play here. That, that, that Jesus is Lord. He is Yahweh. And then he continues, he says, uh, so that uh, he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that they would be holy and blameless. What's that remind you of? The very beginning, don't it? It says that he did these things before the passage of time so that we might be holy and blameless before him. So all of the things that God has done, he has done in love so that we might be perfect, that we might be glorious. Man, that'll preach right there. <laughs> that'll make you jump over the That'll make you praise the Lord, I hope, man. So take that, hold it in you and keep it. Now, what is this saying about God? Well, he says that he desires for his church to be beautiful, perfect, spotless, without wrinkle. He desires for his church to be beautiful and that he loves his church immensely because he gave his life so that this might happen. He gave his life so that this might happen. Well, what's this say about man is that the love of the husband is to be a sacrificial love. First, that he should love her and that this love would be displayed in a sacrifice for her. And for me, I think uh, somebody had told me a long time ago that it, it's easy for someone to die for somebody. It's one time. Now, easy is relative, you know what I mean? Because it's still hard to be able to jump in front of that bullet. 
But I know most of the time that a husband will probably most likely jump in front of a bullet for his wife because he cares for her in that way. But I think what's more important for a husband to be sacrificial is taking those things every day, sacrificing his time, sacrificing his attention, sacrificing his money, sacrificing his will and desire so that his wife may flourish, so that his wife may see that he truly loves her. That's what I think that it uh, it takes when it talks about the husband being sacrificial. So how do we apply these truths that we understand that God desires for us to be perfect and beautiful and that he gave his life to do so and that we are to give our lives as men, as, as husbands, as husbands to our wives so that we may display our love? Well, then I think we should, as husbands, see, like, what are we doing? I mean, like, what are we doing to show that we love our wives? And how are we sacrificing our lives in order to display this love for them? And as we do this, are they recognizing it as love? Are we causing our spouses to flourish? And I also want to say, just be reminded of what Christ has done. His love for us, man. There's just, there's nothing said, there is nothing better to be said than just, contemplating on the love of Christ in our lives and how he has done what he has done, why he has done it. I mean, there's nothing more than that, that we would be perfect, holy and blameless to have a relationship with him once again, and he would give his life to do so. I appreciate you guys for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.